Over the Fence podcast. Back again. It's been a little while. I'm sorry that uh, I allowed all that time to lapse. The last podcast episode I did was during Game 3 of the World Series. That crazy 18-inning game. And, um, you know, I've been kind of waiting and holding back for some topics. And I've been working on a few things, which I'll talk about before the end of this episode. But I just figured it was just time to just get back in. And even if I didn't have something um, specific or original to say to just kind of talk about what's been going on in baseball. So obviously, um, that game three was the only game that the Dodgers won in the World Series. And that didn't surprise me. I told a friend of mine the next day, I don't think the Dodgers are going to win any more games. They really shouldn't have won that one. I mean, um, with uh, Ian Kinsler, he shouldn't have made that throw. He should have just ate that ball at second base. They were able to um, extend that game into extra innings, and then they won on the Muncie home run. It was very exciting, um, but I really was pretty sure that they weren't going to win any more games, and they didn't. So Red Sox, third championship in 15 years. This is a team that never used to win titles, and now they win a lot. So congratulations to them, and now the offseason has started. And it started off with a bang for my team. Um, the Mets, uh, the Mariners are about to complete a blockbuster, bringing in Robinson Cano, the Mets are, along with this closer, Edwin Diaz. Now I have to confess, I'm a baseball fan. I live on the East Coast. My team is a National League team. I have to confess, I'm just being brutally honest, I did not know who Edwin Diaz was. I'm surprised I didn't know who he was. I mean, I, th- I think he saved 57 games last year or something crazy like that. I didn't know who he was. Um... But I've seen him. I've seen the stats now, and I see that he's lights out. And the Mets needed a closer, so they got that. That's a big get for them. They bring in Robinson Cano, who okay, yeah, Robinson Cano is going to be 36. I think he's already 36, and he may not be a second baseman for much longer. I don't know if he can play third. I don't know if he would play a little bit of first base. The Mets also have Peter Alonso coming up at first. So I would think primarily, at least for the next two years, Cano is your second baseman. The Mets have another second baseman, Jeff McNeil. They move him over to third, or maybe they trade him. I have a feeling he's going to get traded, honestly. I think that um, the Mets are not done dealing. There's rumors today that they're interested in Corey Kluber. Um, I'm going to get to that in a minute, but let me just stay on this Cano trade. Um, I like the trade. As a Mets fan, I like the trade because, um, first, you get you get Jay, Jay Bruce off the books, now, Jay Bruce, um, he has some abilities. He is a nice enough player. I don't think he's a fit for the Mets. The Mets have enough guys who just mash home runs and don't do a whole lot else. He doesn't really have a defensive position because of the ailments he has. He's got plantar fasciitis. He's got back issues. He's on the other end of 30. And I think he's more suited to be a DH slash part-time player in the American League. And that's probably what he's going to be now with the Mariners. So this makes sense. He goes over there. And um, you get that contract off the books, which was a mistake for the Mets. And so that's done. I don't love the fact that it's at least now we're not, we're probably not going to find out until tomorrow. I think tomorrow, Monday, and I'm not, I don't know when you're listening to this, but um, Monday the third will likely be the day that everything comes out. And um, I don't know if there'll be any kind of a press conference or anything, but that's when we'll decide we'll find out exactly who the Mets are giving up in this deal. And I'm hearing it's Justin Dunn, um, Kellenick. Oh gosh, why do I forget his first name? Kellenick is his last name. He's a um, a good young outfielder who they just drafted out of high school. So he's 
he's very high on a lot of people's lists, but he's a high school player, so we're not going to see him anytime soon. Um, and I'm hearing also that a young pitcher named um, Gershon Batista is also part of the deal. So that's three prospects, plus Jay Bruce, plus Anthony Swarzak for Cano and Edwin Diaz. On the Mets side, I, I like the deal, even though I do think they're giving up a little much. This Batista kid, um, he throws 101 miles an hour. He's all over the place. He's very wild, but he's about 20 years old. I mean, I wouldn't give up on him just yet. I think this is a lot, but I still like the deal. It's a little steep in giving up Batista as well as those two, but I don't love that. But you know what? When you're getting a closer who last year was the best closer in the American League, even though I never heard of him, when you're getting a pitcher like that, a player like that, it's going to hurt. And it's going to be more than you just giving up a contract that you don't want anymore, like Jay Bruce. So the Mariners are making it hurt, which makes me think that this this um, closer must be the real deal. Because if they were just going to give him to you for Jay Bruce and like some marginal prospect, then maybe they know he's a one-year wonder. But maybe they really see something in him. And so they really demanded a, a haul. And the Mets gave him a haul. And the Mets didn't have a whole lot to give him because the Mets don't have a lot of prospects. So now they're talking about Corey Kluber. And so, um, moving on to that, but just tying a bow on the Cano thing, I like Cano for the Mets. I know it's a five-year deal. The Mariners are kicking in some of the money. I think he might only be good for two years. After that, we'll figure it out. The Mets are trying to win now. They're in win-now mode. They have DeGrom for two more years. They have Syndergaard right now. They may be trading Syndergaard for prospects, seeing as they gave up so many prospects. Or maybe they hold on to Syndergaard and they get Corey Kluber. I like um, Cano here. I like him coming back to New York. Um, going to the other side, the Mets, I think he will be motivated to um, to show New York and to show baseball that, you know, A, he can still play, and he plays every day. He plays like 158, 160 games a year, except last year when he had the PED suspension. And I think he's going to be um, just pumped to be back in the city and, you know, do something with this team on the other side here. At least I'm really hoping so. So I think this is going to be good. He waived his no-trade clause. He's happy to be coming back to New York, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what he's going to say. He's glad to be back here. And um, he's been a part of the community from what I've heard. He's got some you know, charity things that he's been doing in New York since he's left for Seattle. So he's still very much a part of the city. So being back here to play is going to be good. So we'll see. I love the fact that this new Met GM is going outside the box. Um, one more thing about the Mets, and then I'm going to move on. And that's Corey Kluber, apparently, is a rumor. Corey Kluber of the Cleveland team, I don't love their name, so I'll just say the Cleveland team, um, he was with Mickey Calloway over there when Calloway was a pitching coach with the Cleveland team, and so that would be a reunion of the two of them. What would it cost to get him? I'm not hearing specific names. My guess is it would cost the Mets Brandon Nimmo and possibly Jeff McNeil. Now, if they're going to give you Corey Kluber for Brandon Nimmo and Jeff McNeil, I'd do it. But I think it might cost you more than that. I think they might ask you for um, Nimmo, McNeil, and maybe another. The Mets have another pitching prospect named um, David Peterson. And he maybe have to be on the hook too, which means if you're going to give up yet another pitching prospect, then that might make it all, all the more likely that they'll trade Syndergaard and try to get some prospects back. Because you got to have somebody in this farm system here. you got to have something for you know whenever two years from now come, goes by and... Cano can't play anymore and you have to rebuild. You got to have something in your farm system. You can't totally empty the whole thing out. So maybe they decide Syndergaard's the guy that they don't want to gamble on. He's been hurt the last couple of years. Um, the new GM, Brody Van Wagenen, was Syndergaard's agent. Maybe there are things he knows about Syndergaard that we don't know. 
If that's the case, is this really conflict of interest that um, he's the GM of the Mets and he has this kind of information? I don't know. I don't make those decisions. Um, But anyhow, obviously, as you know, this is not a Mets podcast. It is a baseball podcast. So just kind of glancing at some of the other things that are in the news today. Dallas Keuchel of the Houston Astros is um, a free agent, formerly of the Houston Astros. He's a free agent. Now, of course, he can still resign with the Astros, but apparently the Reds and the Blue Jays are kicking the tires on him. So those are both two teams who may be looking to turn the corner if they're going to go after a Dallas Keuchel. Um, that's a possibility. And, um, you know, just a few things going on in baseball. The winter meetings are coming, and so some moves are going to start to be made. And, um, yeah, just glancing along here on MLBTradeRumors.com. It's just good to be back talking to you guys. And it's good, you know, I've been thinking about baseball a lot these last um, few weeks and definitely in the month since the World Series. Baseball's definitely still been on the front burner because we have, um, you know, the free agent season. And, of course, there's the unfortunate story with um, Addison Russell and, the Cubs and the domestic violence thing, which um, obviously has no place. and But things like that, you know, stay in the news. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, there never really is an off season. It's the holiday season now, and I'm sitting here and I'm watching some football. And the Giants just finished an exciting game that they just beat the Bears. Bears almost came back, and now the Jets are playing. None of the teams in my city are any good in any of the sports. <laughs> They're all pretty bad. We're, we're counting the days, so pitchers and catchers anyway. Um, the Yankees, about Gary Sanchez. They're saying he is not for sale. They are not trading Gary Sanchez. They are not interested in trading him, which is a little surprising. I mean, I would, I would, I'm a little surprised they, they wouldn't even listen to offers for, for Gary Sanchez. I mean, what if somebody blows you away and decides they really want to take a chance on this young man? Listen, Gary Sanchez, he came on in 2016, and he people were ready to build a monument in Monument Park for him. And I felt like, okay, yeah, he looks great, but, you know, we're talking two months. And it's just amazing, baseball fans. I, I, I've only lived in New York, so I don't know if teams do this outside of New York or fans do this outside of New York, but they were ready to put this guy in the Hall of Fame in 2016. And I'm like, guys, take it easy. Relax, you know? Like, let's see what he becomes. And sure enough, you know, here we are two years later, and he's a marginal player. You know, he gets hurt a lot. He's had really brilliant flashes, but he's got a lot of flashes where his defense is suspect, his work ethic is suspect. He's just had some bad moments and some bad optics, and nobody can be sure that he's really that special a player. And if I'm the Yankees, I wouldn't close the door on trading him. I mean, especially if if there's a possibility you can get JT Realmuto in a deal where you would maybe a three-way deal. I don't know why the Marlins would want Sanchez exactly, but maybe they take a chance on him. If not, maybe it's a three-way deal. I don't know why you close the door on that, but they are. They really want to hold on to Sanchez. They really want to take their chances at keeping him. So um, we'll see. They're also, um, they've met with Patrick Corbin. He's a New York native, apparently grew up a Yankee fan. They need pitching, so they're going to see what goes on with him. It's just, it's a little surprising that the Mets are actually getting more headlines right now than the Yankees, and I don't think the Mets are done. I mean, we're hearing the Syndergaard rumors, we're hearing the Corey Kluber rumors, so the Mets are aggressive, the Yankees are sure to be aggressive, still no home yet, obviously, for Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. If I had a guess, 
It's December. It's early December. I have a feeling neither of them, eh, you know what, maybe one of them might sign this month. I think those guys are really going to hold out for somebody to make a ridiculous offer. And that offer may not come until January. So who knows? So I'm not holding my breath to see where they go. But I'm definitely, um, you know, I'll definitely be, be looking out for that. We all will. And it'll be interesting. I think Manny Machado makes perfect sense for the Yankees. And I think they should go for him. I think you can. He he would fit in perfectly. He can play short. Well, obviously that's where he wants to play. He wants to play short. He can play a little third, in case you want to um, DH um, Andujar every once in a while. Um, having the DH is such a luxury. I really wish the National League would adopt it. And with DD going to be out for at least half the season, I would think. It makes all the sense in the world. And then when Didi comes back, you figure out something to do with him. And then it's Didi's last year anyway, Gregorius. And then you can either trade him or, or let him walk in free agency. You got Machado. He's an upgrade. As good as Didi is, he's no Machado. And Machado, I think, would blend in with the Yankees because there's so many other big hitters. So he wouldn't get as much attention. So um, And they obviously have the money. So I think it makes sense. Harper, who knows? Uh, could be the Phillies. Could be a lot of teams. But, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens and what goes on from here. So some of the things we're going to do with the podcast, um, I'm actually working on a series of greatest postseasons. So I'm actually going through some uh, specific postseasons. So I'm just deciding as to whether I'm going to do individual podcasts about each postseason. I'm picking one series and I'm going to do I'd like to do ideally four or five of these podcast episodes where I will do a specific series. So um, I'll pick like one specific World Series and I'll break down. Um, just some of the aspects of it, baseball-wise, and also just socially, just how the game was different then, and the TV coverage, the fans, the players, what they were like, just the whole aspect of just baseball and what it was like, and what it, the feel of it, and what, um, how things were, just the whole vibe of everything during that time. Um, not so much as opposed to now, but just in general during that time. It's just going to be kind of a, a verbal. Um, documentation of these games um you know i kind of got the idea you listen to some podcast there are some that i like where they will watch a movie and they'll just break down the movie or watch a specific sitcom or sitcom a few sitcoms episode sitcom episodes and break them down and break down the significance of the sitcom itself in culture and also how it was done who was in it what roles they played so i kind of had the idea of doing that with um some specific older games so i've been wanting to do an old school baseball series for a while so I want to get into that. So I plan on doing that this off season. Also, um, we had the uniform review. I only did one division so far. I'm actually not sure if I'm going to continue with that. I may do that more in season. Um, it might make more sense actually because some teams may be changing their uniforms. So why do a review now and then you show team show up at spring training with new ones? So I may wait till then. So that's about it. So. It's the holiday season now, and there definitely will be more episodes during this season, and I'm going to try and get back into doing more content. So I'm going to end this one here. Over the Fence Podcast, we're done.